Hello, my name is Jeremy Melder, and I'm the presenter from Beaming Green. Before we start, I would like to acknowledge that this podcast is being held on the traditional lands of the Bundjalung people and pay our respects to elders both past, present, and emerging. The Beaming Green Podcast is a weekly podcast which will help you to take out some of the stress and confusion about how to live your life more sustainably. And we do this by introducing you to people that have first-hand experience and expertise in all aspects of sustainability, so you can get some amazing insights of how you can implement simple and practical solutions to enhance your life and the lives of your family. Welcome to episode four. Today, I'm really excited to be speaking with Michael Lung from Balanced Earth in Byron Bay. Now, Michael was a registered UK architect with 20 years experience in the building industry. He has worked for a variety of prestigious firms like T.P. Bennett and KSS in London, Hassel Architects and Lasan Property in Sydney. Now, he's been involved in various residential and commercial projects across Australia, New Zealand, Europe and Asia, as well as the island nations of Fiji, Vanuatu and the Cook Islands. Michael now prefers designing and building more sustainably and has set up a home and business in Byron Bay with award-winning designs for Sky Farm, Gonanen Hemp Houses, Cape Byron Steiner School, as well as many other unique residential projects. Now we'll find out more about how and why Michael decided to go into building more sustainably. Welcome Michael to Beaming Green today. Um, I wanted to find out a little bit about your background. I know you are an architect, but how did you get into architecture? Um, I left school at 16 actually. Um, School said that my English was functional um, and then went to the careers advice office and they um, looked at my grades and noticed that graphic design was the one thing I had a tiny bit of talent at. So um, I started life in an architect's office at 16 and have been in one ever since actually. So you started at 16? At 16, yeah. Um, left school early, did three years in a local council architectural department designing schools, libraries, community buildings. Um, then and, and from that fell in love with the construction process involved in architecture and design. Then went to university in Liverpool, uh, down did my master's in London and uh, continued to travel the world and explore architecture through, uh, through building and design. Mm-hmm. And so you moved from the UK and, yeah. and moved to Australia? Yeah, moved from UK, travelled through Canada, America, New Zealand, landed in Australia in 2002. Wow. It's quite a journey. And have have you found, uh, you know, transitioning from the UK and all those other countries to Australia? Um, Once you've lived in the northern beaches of Sydney, you're not going back to northern England, that's for sure. (laughs) A bit cold? Um, The transition's been wonderful, you know. I I go back to England every four or five years and my friends are still in the same pubs, in the same places, doing the same things. And, you know, God love them, they're all awesome, but... um, you know, I've just felt Australia was the place where opportunity was um, opening up for me in 2002 and I've just continued on that journey. Mm. And now you're living in, in northern New South Wales, up near Mullumbimby or what do we call it, Wilson's Creek? 
Yeah. Um, and you're now working in Balanced Earth. Can you tell us a bit about what inspired you to start Balanced Earth Homes? Mm. So um, when we were living in Sydney, my father-in-law, who was at the time a triathlete and an architect working in a well-known practice in Sydney, and um, he became suddenly ill when he was running and, and later on discovered that um, he had mesothelioma, which is asbestos-related cancer in the lungs. Mm-hmm. Um, that journey of uh, watching his death um, quickly mater- dematerialise over a six-month period um, left a la- lasting effect on uh, both myself and my family. Mm. That would have been quite uh, challenging for you. I think it was um, it was a painful journey for everyone, mm-hmm. um, particularly my wife's family. But um, the insight that we gained through the way in which James Hardy was managing, you know, the payout process, and then understanding what toxicity there is in materials, and knowing for a long time that business companies know what's in these materials and continues to sell them because the revenue is too high to to uh, turn their back on, mm-hmm. was something that you know leaves a lasting impression in, on you. Yeah, I bet. Now, in terms of building healthy homes, so you've got the experience of your father-in-law, mm. um, what, what's, what sort of uh, techniques or ideologies have you created in Balanced Earth in terms of assessing what a healthy home is? Mm. I guess the whole journey started with our first... We, we always had a dream, as most architects do, of building their own house. And so when we acquired this land in Byron Bay... We uh, set about building a home and my wife had studied building biology at the Institute in Victoria and as I was proposing solutions and materials and she was saying, no, you can't use that, it's got treated pine, no, you can't use that, it's got termite-resistant material in it, you know, this is formaldehyde. And you rapidly went on a journey of what can you use that's actually healthy. Mm. Um, That really quickly led us to using breathable wall systems um, and finding hemp and recycled timber as the kind of main basis of our construction. So can you tell me a little bit about breathable homes? So you said you're using uh, hemp and and, uh, recycled timber. Can you tell us a little about the properties of hemp and why it makes it breathable? Yeah. So living in this subtropical environment in Byron Bay, um, you become pretty pretty aware that mould is one of the biggest issues. Mm -hmm. Uh, A breathable wall system allows vapour to transfer from the inside to outside. Um, mold appears when the temperature inside hits a certain temperature and there's a certain level of relative humidity. A breathable wall allows that to mitigate through its wall construction. Uh, these days we like to make tight air-sealed um, buildings which don't allow that to happen. Um, hemp is flame-resistant, it's termite-resistant, it's um, carbon-negative, it's um, got great acoustic qualities and it's natural and it's very easy to build with. Mm. Now, is hemp readily available in, in this country? In terms of- uh, yes, there's a farming cooperative down in the Hunter Valley that um, grow and uh, process hemp and make it available to the Australian market. As this industry grows, there's been other sources and other um, supplies sought from overseas, but, but there is Australian hemp available, yeah. yeah. And in terms of uh, uh, cost... To, to do these sorts of uh, buildings, um, is, is it does it increase cost? Is there lower cost, or because I think you know we, you know that uh, you know housing affordability these days is of some relevance to people these days. So yeah, 
Absolutely. Uh, housing affordability is a challenge in this country because land values are increasing um, at a rapid rate. So um, building a hemp wall um, would cost you no more than building a block work or brickwork wall with a cement traditional cement render on the in- outside and maybe a chip rock or rendered finish on the inside. Um, there's no reason why you shouldn't be building spec homes in every house in Australia with a hemp construction wall system. Yeah. It's not more expensive, it's just durable, uh, and it has all those carbon negative and healthy building properties with it as well. Mm. So you were saying that so this is a breathable home. Um, are there any other elements that you need to take into consideration in terms of building a sustainable home for people? Yeah, I think the main thing that we've discovered on our journey is that the petrol chemical companies feed a lot of feed it into the building industry hugely. Um, so we keep an eye out for toxic um, compounds that are in paints, varnishes, polyurethane, coatings. Um, certainly the industry is getting better, but you generally find it's a dumping ground for toxicity. Um, there's a lot of fear around, you know, you should use treated pine everywhere, what if a termite gets in? But um, there are technologies and design principles that we use that can... And, and a lot of them are traditional systems which allow you to mitigate using highly toxic materials in your own home. Mm. Now, I, I noticed that you, in an article three years ago, you talked about creating a sweat currency, a local labour pool where yeah. uh, people can exchange labour and learn about hemp building. And have you, have you, have you gone with that, that uh, ideology? Is that been able to be rolled out or is that been still a work in progress? It's definitely in its infancy, but we see it happening more and more when we, when we um, call for volunteers for a hemp building project. Um, my own personal house, we had 17 volunteers from all states in Australia come to learn how to build with hemp. Some of them stayed on the land. Um, it took five days to build this an entire house walling system. Really? With a crew of 17, most of them women architecture students, carpenters, um, local volunteers, school teachers. Um, people are really interested in how to build sustainably yeah. and yeah. there's a pool of, of volunteering people. In exchange, we we showed them how to do it. We took them on a, on a tour of our hemp fields. We showed them some of the buildings that Balanced Earth have done over the years and we really kind of educated in exchange for that labour. So um, also in our own company, we've got a number of people building and we will all go around there and put some effort into their house. In ex- and at the times they'll come to our house and help build uh, when we're doing the hemp. So, um, yeah, that's kind of the process we've been following. Whether that turns into a, a currency or not, we'll soon see. But it reminds me of the old barn raising um, yeah. systems that they used to do in the old days where communities would get together to build each other's house. And we're doing that on the small scale, and I just hope we can uh, imprint that on the larger scale. I hope that can happen too. I think, you know, there's a lot of people, I belong to an earth building association and yeah. we went to uh, Nara in, in, in uh, oh, yeah. near, near Wollongong. And, uh, you know, we, we did uh, some, you know, some building some walls and things like that. And there were a lot of people there that were saying they were using the same sort of technique about exchanging labour and, and so on to learn. And I think that's a really good way to build your own home. And, you know, you've really done that in your own home, haven't you? Yeah, you know. Yeah, we've um, we use it as an opportunity to show people um, the process, but also there's the opportunity to experience the finished product. Mm. It's very hard to explain to someone you should build hemp 
construction for your walls, your roof and your floor unless they can touch it, see it, you know, understand the costs. Um, so it's great to have more of these projects that we can display that. Um, when you explain how do you build with it, people don't really get it until they get their hands dirty. And once they have, they master that it's actually quite easy. Mm. It's just a process like most things. And yeah. um, knowledge is, is very empowering for communities to, to build their own houses. Um, we've got a number of clients who have taken it upon themselves to then go and build after working at this house and many of our other ones. Um, we supply the mixer and help them source the hemp and the lime and they go about it themselves. We might pop down and keep an eye on things and check that they've done the flashings right and some of the finer detail. But it empowers people to really be able to build their own house cost effectively. Mm, mm. So in terms of uh, the the effectiveness of in terms of controlling the in, in-air quality or the in-air temperature, ambient temperature in your home, have you needed to put in any heating or cooling systems in your home? Because it's quite a temperate climate here. Yeah. Um, have you had, had to do anything in terms of air conditioning or no, fires or No, in, in all the hemp buildings that, that I've got on my property, None of them have a fireplace. Um, if you design the house correctly and allow that winter sun to come in mm. and heat up the floor component, um, this particular house has got a concrete slab, so the sun comes in, warms the slab, and it acts as a heat sink throughout the day, and by the evening it's still slightly warm and mm. warming the place. Equally, in the summer, we have a lot of hemp um, construction walls on the west and the east that allow protection from the beating sun as it's rising and it's setting. So we've, we've got a kind of palette of um, passive solar design principles that we now use in our design office. And um, again, we're trying to share that, that knowledge and make sure everyone uses these principles and there's no need for additional heating and cooling. Cross-ventilation is obviously important. So you'll notice louvers in the corners yes. and at higher level so breezes can be caught um, on the land and on the property and directed through the building to take that warmer air out during summer. People are looking at living healthily. Mm. right they can go for you know the brick veneer type home that as you said you know has products in there that aren't really healthy mm-hmm. but people want to look at you know the cost effect cost benefit ratio of building their own home and making it healthy mm. so your type of home is healthy mm-hmm. uh, what would be the differential in terms of cost from a brick veneer home mm-hmm. to uh, a hemp construction yeah it's a common um conundrum we have with many clients um just taking a step back australia has some of the largest houses in the world actually 10 percent larger than the americans i understand we have a tendency to consume fill them with things build a double car garage fill that with things and then take journeys to the tip um I, I, see, I see the opportunity to build smaller, compact houses. Yes. This house feels large, but it's actually only 170 square metres on a floor plate, and we work really hard to make the spaces as small but as functional as possible. Before that, we lived in 60 square metres in a, in a small cabin, and it's about how you use and design those spaces. Um, so I, I push clients who, on a, who have a fixed budget, rather than building a larger a spec home with a media room and everyone's got their own bedrooms and four bathrooms, why don't we take a smaller house, better quality materials that's good for yourself and good for the environment, but make sure we're using every part of that house as well. Maybe they're multifunctional. Um, maybe the sitting room or a bedroom can have the TV in. Maybe spaces can open up to the outside so you take opportunities. Outdoor courtyards being 
part of the house. Um, so I, I generally push clients to think about size and scale at the same time as marrying up quality of materials. Mm, mm. We'll be back in a moment. My name is Maya, and some people know me as the Tooth Fairy. I produce a product called Tooth Tonic, which is a great natural alternative to toothpaste. It's made from selected essential oils that I chose for their oral health-giving properties. Two drops on a dry toothbrush after flossing will help keep your gums and teeth healthy. Just as healthy plants need healthy soil, healthy teeth need healthy gums. Tooth Tonic comes in three optional flavours, mint, fennel or mint plus. It's plastic free. And to win your free bottle of Tooth Tonic, go to the Beaming Green website and register your name and email address. Winners will be announced at the end of September. Welcome back. I think that's good advice, really, to, to look mm. at that. Because I, I remember when I visited you, uh, t- were you living with how many kids have you got? Two kids. With, with two kids. With 12 and a 10. Yeah, yeah and, and it's almost like a tiny, those tiny houses where you were living. And I was yep. quite amazed as to how comfortable you were, you know, because, you know, the kids were still able to do what they wanted to do and there was enough room outside to be able to play soccer or mm. or whatever, but it was well designed. So I agree that it's about creating that environment where it's it's functional mm. and works well with the family. That's right. I mean, if you look at Japanese housing, it's tiny. Mm. Bedrooms will act as a bedroom at one stage, one part of the day. They'll roll up the mattresses, put them in a purpose-built cupboard and that becomes a sitting room. Um, it's how we use space that I think we need to um, be aware of. Yeah. So um, a whole family can live in a 60-square-metre house, no problem. And in Australia, we spend a lot of our time outside. Yeah. So the extension of the internal space to the outside space needs to be considered. But, um, you know, we just have a, we're in a habit of building large houses and filling them with things. And I think um, living in a smaller house and having compost toilets... And having those things makes you more aware of your waste and uh, how you use space and what you fill it with. You know, mm. you can build a big double wardrobe or you can get rid of some of your clothes that you don't use, you know. Yeah, yeah. Or give it to the op shop, yeah. Um, so in terms of what Balanced Earth offers, uh, you do a design service but also offer building services, right? Yeah. Um, so can you tell us a little bit more about what how that process works if someone's interested in building a home? Yeah. Um, we do every part of the building project right from the concept design through to the end delivery. Um, cl- we build other people's buildings as well that they've designed. Um, sometimes we'll design things and other builders will build them. Um, you know, we've got no egos. We don't need to control everything. We're just here to provide a service that I think is needed in the marketplace. Um, so we've got um, three or four architects and designers that work for us in our office um, that's now more residential-based since mm-hmm. the COVID yep. explosion. Um, we have three or four sites at any one point in time under construction. Um, we'll handle the approvals with the local councils. Um, we'll educate the certifiers and the council on the new materials if there's any questions. And we can cost it right at the beginning and know that we can keep control of those budgets till the end. Um and, and obviously things change and clients get new ideas and we get new ideas, but we, we continually update our budget so we know what the impact of those decisions are on the end numbers. Mm. And if people have got, you know, a brick veneer home and they want to retrofit it, 
Is that something that that's, you can work with as well in terms of helping that? Absolutely. One of our directors has a brick home in Mullen and we retrofitted it all with hemp. Um, you can rip off the inside line of gyp rock. You've got some great hardwood studs in place there. Put some formwork up and the inner skin can be hemp. Um, it's good to keep a little void between maybe that and the brickwork so the moisture from inside can throw th- can flow through the hemp through to the void and escape up at the eaves level. Yeah. Um, but retrofitting is a great market, um, improves your energy efficiency, yeah. improves the comfort in the house. And, and living with natural materials in a house, living with clay renders and living with lime wall systems and lime renders um, and flaxseed oils on the floor and natural timber oils throughout your timber work, um, they have a different feeling about them. You know, you work into, walk into those spaces and they just feel more in balance. Mm. Um, there is an impact on the environment and in yourself and there's definitely a feeling that, that, that resonates with our projects. I, I've seen quite a few of your homes that you've designed and built and I can attest to the fact that, you know, you do have a, a quality about what you are putting out there. And I think you've been quite humble as well, Michael, because I think you've won a few awards as well, have you not? Yeah, um, look, it's it's an absolute teamwork um, from everything from the labourers and the apprentices through to through to all of our subcontractors who, and over the years, what I've noticed is um, we we draw the right type of people mm. to our company because mm. they they respect those values and they continually want to move into a more sustainable world. So, you know, we get cabinet makers, we get carpenters who who seek out our work and want to join because they've got the same values and beliefs. Um, and, you know, they'll go on to have impacts on their clients on other projects. Um, we've won awards from the Master Builders for that. Um, and you can see at the Master Builders Awards these fabulous you know, $30, $40 million concrete glass buildings getting awards as well and then a humble little hemp house pops up. But, um, you know, you, you know, we can all feel the difference of, of those spaces and, and what they stand for in, in society, I think. Mm. Going back to the hemp scenario, is it, is it a growing market in terms of people wanting to build homes? Yeah, out of it? it's a hugely growing market. I mean, Australia is slow on the take-up, mm. but um, Europe, France, England... Um, the states, Canada, it's booming at mm. quite a large, quite a fast rate, um, which means more crops going to the ground. China's one of the largest hemp growers in the world. Um, you know, there can't be anything wrong with growing more hemp. It, it cleans cleans the air. It's the largest sequester of carbon mm. plant on the planet. Um, and then that material can be used um, without fertilizers and without chemicals being added to it mm. for many things. And um, so... It is on the uprise here. The more buildings we do, the more people see it, uh, the more people are interested in it. Um, and I think we've all got um, a responsibility in our building industry to continuously push the good fight for sustainable construction. No, I agree with that. Now, as far as council's approach and view on hemp buildings and so on, is, is, is that an easy process to navigate through for people in Australia? Never had any roadblocks to date. Mm-hmm. Have a lot of questions, yep. you know, fire regs, fireproofing, details, how do we make this waterproof, will it last, what's the durability? But ultimately, you still have a timber frame as the substructure and it's a wall infill insulation component. Yeah. It's an all-in-one product and um, certifiers have been, you know, in this shire particularly have been very open to it and not a problem with it. 
Um, we've got projects all over the country now that we're designing and we're engaging with new councils all the time and explaining to them and showing them the documentation and they're pretty supportive of it. I mean, mm. ultimately, everyone in their heart knows that we need to move in this direction for the planet um, and I don't think I've met anyone who's going to stand in the way of a more healthy um, building system that, you know, enables the future generations to have a better environment. Mm. So if people are interested in, in getting their home designs, what's the steps that they need to go through to contact you and, and uh, make an appointment? Yeah, drop onto our website or instant, connect with us, um, send us your brief. We'll help you in any way we can. Um, we provide services to other designers and other enthusiasts out there. Um, you know, as I said, we don't need to control everything. We're, we're here to, to expand and grow the hemp and sustainable building principles in Australia. Um, if we can be a leader in that, you know, we, we uh, would like to be. Mm. So get in contact with us. Um, let us know your ideas and we can give you some of the benefit of our experience. Well, Michael, it's been uh, a pleasure having you on Beaming Green today and thank, thank you, you very much for your time. Thank you very much. Cheers. Thank you for being part of the Beaming Green podcast. The music for this podcast is produced by Dave Weir. Now, we need more people to get on board and raise awareness about sustainability and climate change. The more of us that are shining the light on these issues, the more governments and business leaders will listen. We would love you to subscribe to our podcast and share and engage in social media so that we can get some traction. Let's support one another and envision a brighter future. Thanks for listening and see you next week.